Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Well, we've got some awesome news coming from CVent, don't we, Brooke? We sure do. As you may already know, our annual user conference, CVent Connect, is all about bringing people together for incredible live experiences. But even though we're not meeting in person this summer, CVent believes in the power of live. So we're excited to announce CVent Connect Virtual. That's right. This two-day event taking place August 25th through the 26th will give you the opportunity to hear directly from industry leaders such as CVent CEO and founder Reggie Agarwal and attend any of our 28 live breakout sessions discussing everything from virtual and hybrid events to safety and security to event marketing and program strategy for when in-person events resume. We'll also be hosting virtual meetups and appointments with both CVent and some of our industry partners. And Cody, you want to know what the best part is? What? It's all at no cost to event and hospitality professionals. What? Free? That's amazing. I can't wait for the entire meetings and events community to come together. Make sure to secure your spot today by registering at cvent.com podcast and click on the CVent Connect banner. I cannot wait. CVent Connect Virtual is coming to everyone this August 25th through 26th. That's cvent.com slash podcast and click on the CVent Connect banner to register for free today. Today, we have a special treat for you guys. We have Tracy Hollowell, the Director of Tourism, Conventions, and Major Events, to talk to us about how London is handling the current situation. Yeah, and she also has some insights into the precautions that London is taking to help not only get Londoners back into the community, but international guests as well. That's right. So let's hear what Tracy has to say. All right, Tracy, thank you so much for joining the podcast. For those of us who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and who your customer base and members are and maybe give us some background on how you got there? Sure. Um, so I'm the director of tourism conventions and major events for an organization called London and Partners. Um, we're actually an, an economic development organization for London. So we are a, a public body, but we do have a private membership as well. So we have somewhere in the region of about six, 700 members or partners. Um, and underneath the whole uh, umbrella of London and Partners sits the Convention Bureau, which is really uh, the space that I fill. So I head up the Convention Bureau, really, and the major events team for London with a little bit of tourism thrown in. And our job really is to, is to promote London as the number one destination for um, visitors, for foreign direct investment, for companies who want to set up in Europe, um, for meetings, so for any mice and events business, and also for students. So it's about attracting students who want to come and study outside of their own country to come to London. Um, Market-wise, the, the US is a really big market for us. So outside of our own domestic market, the USA is number one. So 40% of all international arrivals come from America, uh, closely followed probably by France and Germany. Um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of what we do. So I've been there for ooh, 14 years now. Um, came from a, uh, a hotel background. So I had about 20 odd years in the hotel world and actually spent some of that in the US as well. So um, spent two, three years in Los Angeles where I had an amazing time. Um, and that actually taught me a lot about big citywide conventions. So that's a lot of the area that we work in now. It's how do we attract those big citywide conventions to London rather than going to um, other destinations around the world. 
And I know that you have, um, we know we're talking about getting back to the new normal. Things have been a little bit crazy over the past couple months, but you have this three phase approach when you think about getting back to normal. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, there's, there's, um, I suppose getting back to normal would be, we would be an international promotional agency. That is not going to be the new normal. We're very much aware of the fact that it's going to take a while for the international markets to, to bounce back, I think globally. So we have really taken a, a very different approach that it will, first of all, it will be local. It's how can we attract Londoners actually to get back and, um, and doing the, the things that they haven't been doing for a while. Um, and the domestic market followed by that. Then probably a national, you know, going to the rest of the UK, how can we attract the rest of the UK back into London? And then finally going back into the international markets, probably the European markets first, um, and then the longer haul markets such as the US. Yeah. And I mean, this sounds like a, a great plan. I think most people are, are going to start kind of local and then spread out from there as we see things changing. And I have to imagine too, your marketing messages have probably changed quite a bit as well. How have those changed in the past couple of months? And, and especially as you look forward, how do you see those changing? Yeah, we, we really did have to rethink everything. Um, you know, we, we work as many other destination bureaus do probably on a three to five year strategy. Um, with this, you can't do that. It, it's week by week. <laughs> um, but we have literally rewritten our business plan overnight. Um, and we've kind of split it into two halves, really. It's around business resilience. So what are we doing in the here and now and how are we helping our local businesses and then moving into a recovery market? But it, again, it, it's, it's looking at that local market. How can we attract the domestic market back into London? Um, and how can we support the market we have so that there is a product left after this whole crisis is over, that our businesses have survived um, and they, they are, you know, they're there to, to serve the market in the future. So business resilience is really about helping businesses and giving them as much information as we can um, and supporting them through this and then recovery is how do we move into to promoting London again at some point in the future. And we started that really with virtual London. So we are still um, talking about London, but it's about how can you experience London virtually now um, and then come back into the future. But um, yeah, that's kind of where we started. How can you explore London virtually? Are there any cool experiences that you've had recently? There are. There, um, it, it, we have a whole website. There's two halves to it. One is virtually London really for leisure visitors um, or I guess for the delegate experience. And you can do anything on there from, from feeding the animals at the zoo to um, cooking to crafting. Uh, you can do dance classes, fitness classes. You can go and listen to comedy. You can learn how to make cocktails. Uh, you can do behind the scenes, scenes tours of, of some of the famous shops or, or museums and galleries in London. Um, I was having a look through it earlier just to remind myself what was on it. And I actually did a, um, a train ride, the mail rail underneath London. And I did that in a virtual space. So there, there's some things on there that even I haven't done. And I thought this is a great time to actually experience some of these um, attractions in London in a virtual space. And then we've also expanded that out literally in the last week. Uh, we launched it last week, which was the, the Virtually London Convention Bureau site. So a lot of our members and partners now have virtual tours of their venues. Um, and that has really um, opened up the world that for meeting planners particularly, that you can come and have a look around some of those venues in London. 
And we're, we're expanding that out to do some virtual fam trips now as well. So come and spend some time with us, either spend a couple of hours in London doing some leisure activities, or if you want to come and experience um, London for events, we can do that with you too. That sounds fantastic. Cody, will you join me on a virtual trip to London this weekend? I was just going to say, Brooke, we need to check this out. I want to go see yes. some virtual museums and galleries and virtual fam trip. I mean, that sounds so cool. I, I'm so glad you guys are able to, to provide that. It's been great. And a lot of our partners had a lot of this content already. So it's, it's been, you know, for us, it's been how have we been able to facilitate all of that and put it in one place to make it really easy for people to navigate. Yeah. This is so cool. I'm going to check this out for sure. Earlier, you mentioned about how important it is for you to convey information that you're getting um, from government leaders, for example, like the Minister of Tourism. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you know, your DMO worked with industry leaders like the Minister of Tourism and how that, how that looked prior to COVID and how that experience prepared your organization for today? Sure, yeah. We, um, we've always had a, a group called the Tourism Industry Emergency Response Group. Um, and it's a group of leaders, I guess, in, in the world of hospitality and tourism, who for many years now, whenever there has been a crisis or a, a situation that needs everybody to get together, um, they've met. So it, it's something that can be called at any time. And you find it, it's people like ourselves. So it could be destination um, marketing companies. It could be um, the associations in our industry, whether that's UK Hospitality, which looks after our, our hotels and hospitality um, sector, or it could be uh, the Association of Exhibition Organisers, or it might be the inbound tour operators, uh, or it might be the people that run all the cultural institutions, the, the London visitor attractions. So there are a number of different bodies. Um, and we're all called together under a, a government umbrella to talk about whatever that crisis happens to be. So touch wood, it doesn't happen very often. Um, but when this pandemic hit, we were able to very quickly pull that group of people together. And in, in the initial um, stages, we were meeting weekly as the, the crisis, in fact, we still are meeting weekly as the crisis unfolded. And initially, it was just to share information on obviously lost bookings, what was the future booking pace looking like? Um, how was the, the pandemic affecting businesses? It then morphed very much into how is industry um, needing help from government? So, you know, what does government need? They've, they have been very good at supporting our local businesses, whether that be through furloughing staff, um, whether that be through, you know, business rate holidays or grants to help businesses keep going. But a lot of it was confusing to our market. So it, it was a great chance for, for some of our businesses to feed back through those various associations up to government what they were confused about, what they didn't understand, or what further help they needed. Um, through our tourism minister, that would then get fed into our, our central government tea, uh, group, which is called COBRA. And that's the meeting of government sets the policy of how the country responds to this, with obviously tourism being a, a very small part of the overall picture. But we had a voice at that table then, because it was a two-way street of government feeding down to industry what they were thinking, industry feeding back that, yes, that's a great idea, that'll work, this won't. How can we um, adjust that policy or how can we um, get access to, to X, Y, and Z? And now that, that whole group is moving on again into a recovery phase. So it's, it's about setting up a number of different task forces who are looking at, as and when we reopen our hospitality businesses, how are we gonna make sure that we have the physical distancing 
piece sorted, that we have the sanitation piece right, that we have the hygiene and, and all of those factors thought about and that government is happy that we as an industry can cope within a reopening uh, period. So it's a great way of, of making sure that you have a two-way conversation and one thing doesn't happen without thinking about how that might affect others. So it's something we always had, um, Visit Britain, our national body, tend to chair that meeting. So there is very much a tourism factor to it, but it means that we can exchange knowledge and things quickly and act on things very quickly. And we all feel as though we're part of um, the solution. Yeah, I think it's great that you have such a, a, a clear and direct communication channel around all this. I mean, that's only gonna work to your advantage. And, and one of the other things that I think being in Europe is probably an advantage is that you're able to see how other countries are handling this crisis. And I heard that the UK is following suit with Germany in terms of opening back up. Can you tell us about like what you've observed and what you're doing similarly? Yeah, so we, we sit on a number of other um, organizations. So we have a, a body called European Cities Marketing. So we are able to share knowledge um, with other European destinations. Um, it's a bit like um, your Destinations International Group. And I know you've spoken to Don Welsh before on the program, but it's a very similar um, set up. So we do share best practice and ideas amongst each other. And what Germany have done very, very successfully is they've made the point to their government that there is a big difference between a mass gathering and an organized event. And actually, it's far easier to police and manage an organized event because you know in advance what your delegate numbers are going to be. Um, you can, you know, you can put traces on them, you can make them register, you can make them self um, certify themselves from a health perspective, you can plan physical distancing, you know about catering, all of those things are, are, are very planable. Whereas with mass, with mass gatherings, they're not so much. And when a government comes out with a blanket um, view of, oh, we're not allowed to have any meetings of more than 20 people, 30 people, 100 people, 500 people, it's not taking into account an organized versus a mass um, gathering. So Germany have very successfully um, proved to their government that, that one is manageable more than the other. And so they've been more lenient in allowing uh, organized events to start up. And so we've taken that same message and they're the messages we're feeding through our groups in that to our government, please understand that, you know, we can handle organized events much better than we can with mass gatherings. So see them as two different facets. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so we, we do, we look around the world and see what everybody else is doing. Um, and see where we can use best practice. And similarly, we share some of the things we're doing with other people too. You know, that's so interesting. We haven't really heard that before, but it makes sense. There's a big difference between a mass gathering and an organized event, and they are probably treated quite a bit differently. It's very interesting that Germany has had such, such success with that, and you guys are following suit. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Cody and I are a huge fan of London. Um, we were actually there a few years ago together for a work event. We have our Cement Connect event there, um, and we're anxious to get back. Um, I know you guys are doing quite a few things to make sure that you're showing that it's a safe destination to go back to. You mentioned sanitation process and things like that. What else are you doing to show even the local communities that it's safe to, to go out and start, start exploring again? Yeah, a lot of it is, <clears throat> I referenced the, the task forces that the government has set up. So we have, um, certainly in our space, there are three different ones going at the moment. One is around cultural um, 
and kind of tourist attraction businesses. One is around meetings and events, businesses and venues. And the third one is around the exhibitions industry um, and the big outdoor events and so on and so forth. And they are really looking at developing some, some guidelines to enable their businesses to open in a safe and, and um, san, you know, sanitary environment. So they're collating a huge amount of information um, on what that might look like. So they're considering all sorts of things like one-way systems around exhibitions, um, you know, timed entry points into tourist attractions, thermal heat imaging, um, entrance gates, uh, sneeze screens, um, you know, all of that, that kind of stuff. And, and it's really all about us being uh, safe in opening, you know, and nobody would want to open an, a risk environment. Nobody wants that. So it's, it's to give the businesses um, that comfort that what they're doing is the right thing. But it also then helps with clients who want to get back out, but they want to be sure that they're not going to you know, put themselves into any danger. Um, so a lot of that is going on now, and we will come up with a series of, of guidelines by business type of what will be then, you know, um, a safe environment to use. And what another thing we're doing is we have started, or a new campaign is about to kick off in another couple of weeks around um, getting Londoners back out. So again, getting Londoners to spend money in London in a risk-free environment, so in a good way, to then kind of encourage the rest of the UK and the rest of the world to see that London is a safe destination. If you can get your own local market moving, um, it, it does encourage other people that everything is you know, uh, safe to visit where, where they're enabling them to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Get, get the local community moving, interacting in a safe way, and then everyone else will, will come um, and visit as well. And I have to imagine there's so much that you guys are doing for your members at this time as well. Is that right? Yeah. So the members have been a really big concern to us. So we've started what we call the business resilience program. So again, initially it started off being much more of an information giving um, source of events. So a lot of webinars where we've been telling them about how they can apply for furlough grants, how can they can apply for business grants, um, what they can do about uh, cancellations or postponements of events and how we can help them um, in doing that, contracting, how they can look at insurance claims from both sides of the business, from the client side and from the, the venue side. Um, that's kind of now morphed into more interesting sessions around how should I contract and, and develop business for the future? How can I um, look at physical distancing and sanitation things? Um, we've even had some of our, one of the great things about being London and Partners in an economic development organisation is we have a lot of partners who are also from companies like KPMG or um, banks or, or um, you know, legal companies, and they have been more than willing to help and share their knowledge and information with our tourism partners. So we've had round tables where we've had some of the best experts in London in, in legal issues or financial issues actually giving free advice to our tourism partners, which has been amazing. Um, we're now taking that through to, we'll look at market deep dives. So we'll share with our partners what's happening around the world and share some best practice of, of things that are working well elsewhere. China, obviously, way ahead of us in terms of having been through the, the peak. So we have an office in China and we've been learning from our team out there 
about how life is starting to return to normal and some tips of the things that we can start to look at. Um, we've even been doing some rendezvous. So with so many uh, tourism people, particularly on furlough, they are feeling a bit abandoned and, and out of the loop. So we've been having bi-weekly coffee mornings, I guess. So we've just invited people to come and join us on a Zoom call and just chat about what's happening. You know, just a, a gentle two-way conversation to keep them in the loop um, and to start thinking about what that recovery phase might look like and what we might all do collectively to, to come out of that. So I think that's been really, really important. Um, it's, it's kind of keeping in touch, it's information giving, and it's how can we plan collectively to market our way out of this in the future. That is the, that's the, the end goal right there. We want to get London back up and running. My brother, for example, is, uh, that's his dream is to go to London. He's never been out of the country. And I'm really excited that uh, hopefully we can do that maybe early next year, later this year. Um, but I have my fingers crossed, Tracy. Uh, but thank you again so much for joining the podcast. I, I have to ask you our favorite question. If, if you had to leave our listeners with just one takeaway, you know, for the hospitality industry, what would that be? A lot of us in this industry have been around for a long time. And whilst this is undoubtedly one of the worst crises we've been in, I think we will survive. And I think out of every crisis comes some great innovation and some great new thinking. And I think that's what's going to come out of this. So I think we're all going to be better travelers. I think we're all going to look at ways of protecting our planet better than it has been protected in the past. But we still want to meet, we still want to travel and that won't go away. We'll just travel slightly differently and perhaps slightly better. Um, and we've got to innovate our way out of the crisis and you know, be creative and, and form new businesses out of it. Yeah, I like what you said too. The travel bug is in us and it's not going anywhere. People are going to be so excited to travel once things get back open. So um, this has been great. Tracy, do you have anything you want to promote or share with our listeners? Uh, we're doing... Um, we're doing a, a hashtag London Loves Events. So that's a good social media platform to follow. We'll be looking at some of the great events that have happened in London over the years, just to remind people of, of why events are great. Um, and look on the, the conventionbureau.london forward slash virtual tours. Go and do some touring around London. Well, thank you again, Tracy. It's been so great to talk to you on how great events happen. And uh, thanks again for joining the podcast. <laughs> How cool. You know, I can't wait to check out the virtually London. I'm really excited to get into some of those museums, Cody. Yeah. And you know how much I love animals, Brooke. I'm definitely going to check out the virtual zoo she was talking about. Anything with animals that doesn't involve Carol Baskin. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, on that note, <laughs> to get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. And if anybody out there would like to be on the show, please reach out to us at podcast at cvent.com. Yeah. And before you know it, we will have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.